favorite podcast it is the absolute geek podcast i am matt i'm kyle i'm brian yeah you guys could hear me on uh breathing and stuff huh <laughs> yeah it's because my audio settings but whatever because we had to make a change to yeah we gotta find out if uh, google hangouts is going bye-bye <laughs> i knew it was going bye-bye but i didn't expect it to be there one day and then the next day it's like oh we can't use it so yeah guys if everything looks a little bit different this week it's because uh the way we normally record with google hangouts or google live through youtube or hangout live is no more so they discontinued it so we had to pull an emergency backup plan i guess you could say yeah but whatever we'll make it work for one week it's we'll get it figured out but um what are you chuckling about over there? <laughs> he says his mom prefers Couch Country's podcast. <laughs> hey, that's all right. I mean, we can't all prefer a talented podcast. <laughs> Sometimes um, we like bland and ordinary, just yeah. like the missionary position. <laughs> um. Kyle is back with us, everybody. He's back from Area 51. Woo! Yeah, and we had to make a trade. So in order to get Kyle back, we had to give him Jose because they, they wanted to clap some human-ass cheeks, and Kyle wasn't down for that. So Jose volunteered. Yeah. But but he didn't have to join uh, the group that was uh, going to storm in because uh, the guys at Area 51 uh, are big fans of the show, and uh, they heard he was coming, so they just let him in. And... Um, they gave him some goodies. Uh, Kyle um, brought back some some goodies, and uh, he knows I'm a, a, a big fan of you know aliens and UFO and stuff. And so um, they actually gave him uh, a, a a like a telephone port hologram thing to uh, a different star system. So for everybody out there that wants to reach the Pleiades, um, this is how you do it. And uh, this, this is uh, our friend J-Rod from the Pleiades system. Um, he's not able to talk right now, but uh, one of these days we'll get him on the show. And uh, then he they hooked up this kick-ass shirt. For all of you that know who Bob Lazar is, that's Bob Lazar. And uh, I was pretty stoked. So big thanks, Kyle, and big thanks to the guys at Area 51. I didn't even have to break much drywall since they just let me in. Yeah, it was pretty cool, man pretty cool I, I really am bummed out i didn't get to go because i didn't think you would make it and um now i feel shitty that i didn't go the only shitty part is all the hotels were already booked up i couldn't even i had to sleep in the fucking desert yeah but you know at least you got in 
You were so jacked up on Monster, you didn't sleep at all. They let me in with open arms. Yeah. <laughs> Did you get to clap any alien cheeks? I got the clap from an alien cheeks. <laughs> Yikes. <laughs> Yikes. That shit will follow yeah. you. Yeah. So, anyways, that uh, that was our, our last couple days. That shit will stick with you. Um, real quick, before we get started tonight, guys, like I said last week, we're going to try and uh, – get those those likes up in the podcast so i'm showing uh just on youtube alone six people in here so i want to see six likes if we get the video up to 50 likes uh, we'll, we'll do a drawing for a winner to win this uh spider-man venom print frame included it has a nice 11 by 17 it comes in a nice little frame so if we get this video up to 50 likes next week whoever's in the chat we will do a drawing in uh Give it away. If not, we'll continue to to offer it every week until we hit that fifty like mark, and uh, then we'll give it away at that point. But remember, when we're still on the road to two hundred, two hundred YouTube subscribers, I give away that nine point eight Marvel Legacy number one. It's a one in one hundred Alex Ross variant. So. It Very doesn't matter cool. how many times you write like in the chat, Tim. It doesn't count. <laughs> and just remember, everybody out there who listens to us after we upload it Monday through, you know, on Monday, we are live on YouTube every Friday night at 7.30 Arizona time. So to those that listen to us during the week, if you ever want to come hang out with us on Friday – you can find us on YouTube and that's the exact place where you need to like and subscribe for it to us. And that, that um, likes thing will run through all the week too. So we'll go from Friday to Friday. So if you catch this, if you're catching this video on replay, make sure to hit that like button and make sure to hit that subscribe button. And when we get this video up to 50 likes, we'll be giving the, away that print. So it's a pretty badass Spider-Man print. If I do say so myself. So, so yeah. What is that? Yeah. Um, very cool. Very cool. Sorry about that. I, I had uh, the mute off. <laughs> but uh, yeah, very cool. So definitely hit that like button, uh, subscribe, and uh, go win yourself a print. Um, unfortunately, our guest this week for the uh, comic knowledge... <laughs> Hold on. It's got to be known that Bogcast says that they're watching the show butt naked. <laughs> that's the best way to watch it yeah free balling yeah with the fan blowing cooling you down <laughs> um comic topic of the week uh is we got a little change up uh we were going to try to have david back on with us but uh, he had to cancel so tonight we will be talking uh about a different comic topic but i want to give a quote real quick shout out to uh anthony over at bird city comics um we are going to have him on next week uh, for the comic topic of the week. And for all of you guys out there that will be doing or that are looking into the live auctions and all that fun stuff, um, definitely join in on that. Uh, Anthony and Bird City Comics are doing some killer stuff on live auctions. Um, so while we are talking about the comic topic of the week, 
a little bit, uh, I will be showing you um, their live feed, which has an auction going on right now. Um, so definitely check them out, but only in this show right now. Yeah. Don't go to their show and not watch us yet. <laughs> yet. <laughs> But um, so the comic topic of the week, uh, Matt, why don't you um, go ahead? You, you were uh, somebody that definitely wanted to kind of talk about this a little bit. Um, and you, you thought about it uh, in a, in, with the quickness. So uh, go ahead uh, while I share our screen and uh, tell oh, us what you want to do. One more shout out before we get started. I want to give a shout out to uh, Gregory Schoen from Raygun. For fucking hooking me up with this goddamn off awesome fucking shirt. I'm the one only one on the planet who's got a ray gun shirt, so all you guys can suck it. There you go. Would it would it feel bad if you learned that that was a lie and that somebody else on the planet, two other people on this planet have one? Oh, who else has one? Me and him. You, you never said you had it. Yeah, I have one too. Then why did you lead me to believe that uh I was the only one that had one. When did I tell you you were the only one that had one? The whole time. No. All the way up until right this second. No. You never once said that that you had a ray gun shirt. I didn't expect him to make me one. He, I know he said he was making you one because you were giving him an absolute geek shirt. And when he handed it to me, he handed me two of them. So I won't wear mine on the show. That ever that way, so you you'll you can at least people. I've talked, I've talked about people. And you, goddamn word! How's it been two weeks? How's it been two weeks? Last week you were gone. The week before that I was gone. So it hasn't been two weeks. It has been two weeks. We do talk oh, sir, outside. That's an incorrect show. statement. How's it not been two weeks? That's an incorrect statement. Well, our comic topic of the week this week is Kyle and his incorrect statements. Uh, the difference between a cameo and a first appearance and the politics behind it. Um, it's not really the politics behind it. I mean, if you want to get into the politics behind it, we can. But Well, uh, every time you talk about that topic, the politics behind it are going to come up. Um, just, but it is, it is definitely an important topic um, that people that are you know just kind of getting into comic book collecting need to know about. Because it could be a game changer on what you collect and what you don't collect. I just I had the epiphany on Wednesday when I'm sitting here reading comics, you know, after picking up my new books and I'm looking at so I picked up Turtles 96 and there my my thought process is you look at all these comic books and there's always that debate of first appearance versus cameo. So like Hulk 180 is considered Wolverine's I don't know if it's, they call it the first appearance or the cameo, but it's not. They call it a cameo, but it's not as expensive of a book as 181. Where so when you have yeah. like so there's that, and then you have like Mary Jane. She makes her appearance in Spider-Man. Um, I can't remember what her first appearance is, but they call it a cameo because she's got a flower over her face, and her actual first appearance isn't for like 17 more issues. And it's the same thing. It's one panel on the end. And it just finally shows her where she says, face it, Tiger, you've hit the jackpot. So I'm looking at Turtles 96 and or 95. They're they're toting that as the first appearance of, of Jenica as the fifth turtle. But it's the final, it's the last panel on the end as she's being transformed. 
So my thought process is, wouldn't that be considered a cameo in 96, which actually has like six or seven panels of her as a turtle? Wouldn't that be considered her first full appearance? Yeah, that's what most people go with. And again, this is getting into the politics behind it. Um, This is a very hot topic, especially in the speculation game. Um, It always draws ire of certain people because... When it comes down to it, the bottom line is collect what you want to collect. Um, and a lot, some people, like myself, I enjoy finding those cool cameo first appearances or can, whatever you want to call them. Um, I call them cameo slash first appearances. Uh, but I enjoy finding those just because I there, there's cool there's different types of cameos in my opinion. And Matt was 100% right. The biggest way to explain this and the biggest one that people use is the uh, Incredible Hulk 180, which shows the Wolverine in the very last panel on the last page, you know, like, oh, who's coming next issue? And there's Wolverine type thing. And then 181, of course, is his first full appearance and first cover appearance. Um, There was, and this is where we get back into different types of cameos, there was a cameo before 180, multiple cameos, uh, the, but the biggest ones that like, people like to talk about are uh, a Thor book, a Daredevil book, and then there's another one, and I'm spacing on it right now, which I usually don't do. But in those these certain books, uh, there's an advertisement that shows Wolverine coming in Hulk 181, and that was advertised months before Hulk 180. So is that some people like to consider those cameos? Also, some people like to consider cameos appearances in at magazines like previews, uh, first appearances and previews. Are those considered a cameo um, or are those considered a first appearance? Also, uh, things um, like Comics Interview Magazine or those other, uh, you know, Wizard Magazine, sometimes first appearances are in those. There's also sometimes first appearance slash cameos in free giveaways so it can be a very tough topic to talk about but it's all about what you want to collect and if you really are a first appearance guy and you're all about you know having that first appearance the bottom line is the market will say what is the the first appearance that everyone wants to go by and that market is what's the important what are people buying so if they if you say People want the first appearance of Wolverine. They're mainly buying Hulk 181. People want the first appearance of Taskmaster. They're buying Avengers 196, even though he appeared in the last panel in Avengers 195. Well, here's the thing. Here's a good one. Gambit with um, Avengers Annual 14. He's in a handful of panels, but that's not considered his first appearance. His first appearance is considered an uncanny X-Men. You're 100% right, Matt. Um, again, that's the whole thing. It's 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 such a big issue in, in, in comics, the whole cameo first appearance thing. So if you're, and, if you're a new collector out there who is looking to collect and they want to try to collect first appearances versus cameos, I mean, what are, what are some rules of thumb that you as a collector go by? Uh, again, first rule of thumb, collect what you want. Uh, if you think cameos are considered first appearance, collect those. If you think first full appearances are the first f- appearances, collect those. Number two, um, the market will dictate what 
the market thinks the true first appearance is. So again, you have a majority of people who say this is the first appearance. That's what the market's going to say is the first appearance. And it changes. It does change. And so you got to be aware of that. Here's a perfect example. Back in the late 90s or mid 90s, sorry, I thought Harley Quinn was going to be a superstar of a character. This is before anybody really thought, knew much about her. All we had was the animated series. And back then, Wizard basically was saying, and she wasn't a big character yet, but Wizard was basically saying that the prestige format Mad Love is Harley Quinn's first appearance, her origin and first appearance. Nobody knew about Batman Adventures 12. As a matter of fact, if you go look in old Wizards, they don't even list Batman Adventures 12. They, they don't even list it, yet alone list it as a first appearance of Harley. Very few Wizards will you find where it even says Harley's in that issue because they don't even list it in most Wizards. So they, they didn't know about that at the time, you know, or they didn't, the market didn't consider that for that the first appearance. So I went heavy on Mad Love. I bought probably 10 copies of Mad Love, put them away. And then all of a sudden, years later, Batman 12 comes out. And here I am. Mad Love is still worth something, but it's 10 times worth 10 times less than Batman Adventures 12. And if you look at Batman Adventures 12, Harley really only appears on the cover. So that's kind of the thing. The market dictated which is the first appearance of Harley in that case. Um, whereas in the past, it used to be Mad Love. Now the market's saying, no, it's Batman Adventures 12. Here's a perfect example of, of, with Harley Moore. There's other first appearances of Harley that came before Batman Adventures 12. There's a, uh, a comic book slash uh, cassette tape thing that they put out um, that is a, has an early appearance of Harley. Um, and then there's comics... Ma there's a comic magazine that they put out that has an early appearance of Harley. So my advice on the best place to find these cameos and first appearances is to follow, follow Topher at CBSI and Comic Book Invest. Topher has basically been the ultimate one-stop shop for finding these cameos and early appearances and for new books, he's if you follow Comic Book Invest, he's always got an article called True Firsts, where he'll talk about new, like, for instance, I'm sure he's done one on the Turtles and this uh, Jenica, is that her name, Matt? Yeah. So I'm sure he has something about that uh, that he's talked about where he's brought up, oh, Jenica was in the issue way back when, but not as a turtle. So is that considered Jenica's first appearance, but not as first appearance as a turtle? So you get into all these little weird things. Um, but that those are my three things to take away from this. One, collect what you want to collect and, and what you what you enjoy. Two, the market truly dictates what the first appearance is and for first appearance is that's worth anything at least. And that changes. And three, follow Topher on Comic Book Invest and the true firsts. Um, Kyle, you got any thoughts on that? I'm going to go ahead and stop sharing. So everybody also, again, remember that uh, Bird City Comics and uh, will be on next week and we will talk about um, uh, live auctions. Uh, what do you think, Kyle? I think you summed it up pretty good. Yeah. Um, Matt brought up a good point with, with Gambit. That's another great one. There's so many. There's so many good 
good things uh, where, where people talk about, you know, cameos and first appearance. And it, it, it can be a little draining sometimes um, because the same, you know, arguments is talk, you know, people complain about. But I enjoy those things. I enjoy searching out those early cameos. And if you're a f- real big fan of certain characters, why not have all the first appearances? Well, that's, I mean, that isn't that, that's what kind of started Liefeld off on his fucking Twitter down spiral. It was that he was saying that, you know, Major X's first cameo was part of a different book. And he's saying, no, it's not. It's Major X number one. So he, he kind of fed into that. So I just figured it was a good, I kind of wondered about that when I was on the comic store. Cause you know, how do you, di- how do you differentiate a cameo between a first appearance? Because to me, a first appearance is going to be, regardless of how long they're in the book, the first time you see them in that in an issue, that's their first appearance. Yep. Wolverine. Yep. You know? Yeah. There you go. My brother just brought up the Wolverine thing. He didn't hear us. So yeah. even my brother, who's not a, a comic collector, knows about the whole Wolverine thing. So it's a, it, it's, it's a pretty big topic, and it's an important topic. It's a very important topic and something that uh, you guys should know about. Tim says Soul Cal Rob's world word is gospel. I can't talk. Sagu. Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh. Um Yeah. So anyways. Uh I guess one of the best topics of the week is of course the angry girlfriend spider-man book is made its way back into our our uh, internet feeds and uh, if you guys don't know about this story it is one of the best stories in all of comics um i think that we've all kind of known about uh, uh, us three have talked about this book with each other before um it's kind of a revenge gone wrong thing. And I think Matt would be the perfect person to talk about this after explaining what this book is, because he's kind of had a, a similar type thing happen with him. And I'll, if he wants to talk about that, he can talk about that. Well, I mean, I'm not going to go into detail about that, but like, I, it, is it bad that as a collector, I want to own this book? Like, no, I want this book to be in my collection. Every collector. Like, it's like, I don't know if you look at it like um, profiting off of someone's someone's pain, but like that's, I don't know. Like I said, I, I don't know if it's if it's considered like the ultimate act of revenge or like the, the collector's holy grail because it's it would suck if that was your book. But to like everyone else, it's it's just like a legend. It's it's something that you want and part of your collection. You just don't want it to happen to you. Yeah. Like mine yeah. was someone sold my collection off for out from underneath me. No like nobody like defaced my book and like completely trashed me or my character on my book. And I, I think it's a, the lore behind it is funny that it got passed around from comic store to comic store and uh then actually someone got it graded and it just keeps it keeps making its rounds. Yeah, that book is probably now worth more uh, than it ever would be in good condition, you know, in better condition and not destroyed. Um, 
Let me see if I can pull up a picture of it real quick. It's um, they're saying that I think in the article about it, someone was saying that they think they could fetch five grand for it. Do you think someone's gonna pay five grand for that book? Oh yeah, in a heartbeat. With the grade that it's on, or the grade that it has. Yeah, I really, I really think so. Here we go. Let me, uh, let me go ahead and bring this up. This, this book is definitely well known by everybody and whatnot. So, there we go. So, I think that people want this book. That's for sure. Um, there, you guys can see it. It is the first appearance of Green Goblin, which is a killer book. Um, it's actually in really decent shape other than what you see on the front cover, which his um, jilted ex loved to say, go to hell on it. And big fat market marker uh, put his name on it yeah. and then said, turn over. And let's see here. There you go, guys. What does it say here? I never thought I'd be able to destroy something that meant so much to me. As far as I'm concerned, you're dead. <laughs> uh, I can't read the rest of it. In, I'm in no way, in no way am I thinking, am I trying to be noble or I don't know. Anyway, she destroyed the comic. She wrote all over it. And it was a beautiful copy, as you guys can see. It looks really nice. It doesn't doesn't look torn up or anything. Um, and they had to give it a 1.8 grade. Maybe they restored it because she ripped it up. I can't remember. Um, but it looks very presentable. And it's got such a lore behind it and everything that, yeah, people will definitely pay big money to have this book. Every major comic collector knows about this book, um, especially – people that are on Facebook and stuff like that, they know about it. So I don't know, but you think five grand Kyle, would you pay five grand for that book? No, I would, I, I would pay five grand for it because you could probably sell it for 10. I bet you there's some rich person out there that, you know, is buying all these killer keys. And is like, that's a one of one. I mean, there's no other books out there that are like that. If it was a CGC, I'd pay five grand, but since it's CBCS, I'd give a hundred fifty. <laughs> well, like the other thing too, though, too, is that it's 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 a lore within the comic book community because we all, you know, as comic book collectors, none of us really know what we would do or how we we would react if someone did that to our book. You know, I I can't honestly say how I would react. I, I know how I reacted when someone sold my comic collection out from underneath me, but I don't know, like, how would you react if you came home and walking, someone just rode all over your Walking Dead number one, Kyle? Or I'd be fine. I would just clean the case off. <laughs> well, if it wasn't graded yet. <laughs> or like your Hulk 181, Brian, or, you know, it's, I, I don't know how I would. Brian would just. He would just wipe off the case. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, God, how terrible would it be if they actually ripped it open? But I'm just saying, ungraded book, like, I don't know. I don't know what I would do. Like, if I came home and someone had written all over my Spider-Man 121 like that, like, fuck you, yada, yada, yada. Like, it's the ultimate revenge as yep. far as, like, for a comic book fan. But 
then as as us as the collectors, we're like, man, that's that's like a priceless one of the kind of thing we want in a part of our collection. I don't know if I'm gonna pay five grand for it, but you know, I would still I would still use it. I'm trying to think if there's any other you know collectibles out there that are in the same type of atmosphere. Um, you know, not that I can think of. The only thing I, I come off the top of my head right now is like the. And this isn't from a you know another person writing on the car, on on the card or anything, but is the uh, uh, the fuckface Billy Ripken card um, that has you know kind of the aura around it. Um, other than that, I can't I can't think of any other collectible that kind of has the same type of situation. Like yeah, I I mean I think the only thing that would make it even like would be close to as legendary as this is like. You went to get a book signed by an artist, and he signed it, and then drew just like a massive dong on your cover or something, just like. Or 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 if he wrote like your your friend Robbie L. Yeah. So. <laughs> or if you sent, you paid for it to go to CGC to get great, uh, get a signature series that you didn't witness the signature, and it comes back with the dude's signature and a giant dong on it. Like, <laughs> what are you gonna do? Oh man. I, that's why that book is so cool. It's very rare. It's the first, like, we'll probably see more of these type of things show up on the market. People trying to, like, you know, ride that wave. Yeah. So I'm going to laugh my ass off when somebody writes on their Hulk 181, like, a fake thing. And, like, oh, I'm going to be able to sell this for thousands. And then they can't sell it, you know. Like, you fucking douchebag. Don't be an idiot. There's just some venom there, though. Because, like, you know he did something real fucked up and you kind of, yeah, huh? Did he? Did he? Well, I, I mean, that's, are emotional nightmares and they could think that he did something fucked I up. Yes. You know what I mean? They like, you know, they like to go after your comic book collection though. Like that's pretty savage. Yeah. Yeah. Well, not just your comic book collection, one comic book, like his yeah. Holy grail. That he had up in his display cabinet and showed his friends, like, that's the first appearance of Green Goblin right there. That's the first comic book I ever bought. Da, 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 da. I'm sure it has some crazy story like that. What is it? What is it that uh, Brody says in Mulrats, Kyle? Um, no, like, nothing worse than a woman scorned by Sega? Yeah. It's like, it's like something like, nothing worse than a, war a woman scorned by your comic book collection. Because, oh man. Yeah. Yep. Well, oh, I couldn't imagine. Well, I could imagine having that happening. I wouldn't sell it. I would keep it. So I'm I'm kind of bummed out that the the guy who originally had that sold it to somebody and then that person went and got it graded. I almost wonder if like maybe he threw it away and someone found it in the trash or something and they were like, check this out. And it was like, just like funny. Like, cause I know growing up in my time, we had big recycling trailers outside the high school and like my buddy would go dumpster diving for Playboys through it, probably like once every two weeks because people would just throw them in there. And like I can only imagine just finding that comic book in there, something like that, and just being like, "This is funny." And then you selling it, and it just being passed from from store to store, and then finally we get it graded. And... That's like a rite of passage for uh, for young kids where where you found your Playboys as a kid. Dumpster either, diving for Playboys. A dumpster or in some forest somewhere you know like there's a people would stash their playboy collections out in some forest 
from desert. <laughs> I hit. I hit. Kyle, who are you cheersing to? What? Are you cheersing to everybody in the chat? Yep. Like every two seconds, you're like cheersing to the camera. <laughs> um, I I hid mine in my rafters in my house in my parents' house because when I I lived in Michigan, my my room was in my dad when my mom and dad had my brothers and sisters. I moved down to the basement. My dad built me a room in the basement, and like the it was there's the rafters, and I hid mine up in the rafters in my closet. <laughs> and like I went up when I went to school in Florida and came back one day I went up there I was like I wonder if that's still there and the magazines are gone but the videotape I had was gone and I found the videotape later as I was putting clothes away in my dad's fucking sock drawer so, yeah. he, so he, he had found it and taken it you gotta bring that up with him have you brought that up with him no you have to bro you have to go hey dad remember that tape that you found in my rafters was it good? Oh, Did dude, you like it? He would, he'll deny it. <laughs> Not after you just sold him out on YouTube. Dude, he shot me when I was probably 16. He shot me in the ass with a BB gun. And he still denies it to this day. <laughs> like, him and my buddy Mark's dad were sitting on their patio drinking. And we were, we were all sitting out in the lawn and talking. And from the patio... Like he shot me in the ass through the 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 chair, and I like jumped up. I was like, "Oh shit!" And I like thought a bee stung me, and I like fell forward. And I look over, and there's my dad laughing with the BB gun in his face. And <laughs> to this day, he's like, "It's an accident. It was an accidental discharge. I was cleaning it." Nah, you straight up <laughs> aimed it up and shot. Yeah. You straight up aimed me, lined me up, and shot me in the ass. <laughs> My dad does. My dad does shit like that to me all the time. His favorite thing to do when we go golfing is he'll be like, "Oh, I'll give you this stroke if I screw up on a shot." I'm like, all right, we'll just pick your ball up and you can drop it by mine. Okay, so he won't stop and he'll make me lean out of the cart to try to pick up the golf balls we drive by, and then he'll hit the brakes to power slide to fling me out of the golf cart onto the ground. Like, my dad I've, that's a classic move that I think a lot of people have pulled off, including myself. On anybody that rides in a golf cart with me. My dad's a character. I love that too. My dad is a character. He's always quick to bust my chops on Facebook about <laughs> anything. Well, you got to bust his now. You need to make a clip yeah. of <laughs> the story of him, me finding my porno in his fucking sock drawer. <laughs> Should be the other way around. Right? Yeah. I mean, that's where I used to steal mine from was my pops. Right. Now yours is the other way around. Yeah. <laughs> and so for every and, and I'm sure like like every dad out there was like had the same story, like where they stole it from their dad, but they still try to hide it in their sock drawer or in their closet. It's like, dude, everybody knows where to look for the porn now. And you're doing the same thing. The internet. Well, we <laughs> used to have a ring, like I had a, a video camera where we could, where I could like put a tape in the VCR and then also record what was in the what was playing on the VCR in my video camera. So my buddy would go to the local the local family video and rent, rent a porno and then we would like make copies of it and then fucking give sell them to people. Good. Yeah, man, make some money as your kid. I used to I used to figure out ways to make money like that all the time, man. So no, he oh, didn't yeah. bust my chops for talking to bots because I don't talk to bots. 
<laughs> Not anymore. Not anymore. I've learned my lesson. <laughs> you want to go to Dick Spot? Ever since Jose was catfished, I learned my lesson. Oh my god, that's great. Oh yeah, Jose's not on the show tonight. Was catfished. Yeah. Is he continuing? Is he being catfished again? No, hmm. we we're not gonna go down this road. <laughs> <laughs> Kyle knows why I brought it up, but we're not gonna go down this road. Okay. Anyways, uh so yeah, definitely. Uh, we, we would need someone who's no longer a part of this show to be here to call her a derogatory comment. If that's <laughs> what we're going to do. <sighs> yeah. No, you can't let Kellen call her a hooker again. No, you're right. I can't. <laughs> All right. Uh, speaking of hookers, um, the boys. What a fucking good show, man. I'm not done with it yet. So I hate to say that, but I... I'm only a couple episodes from being done with it. Um, the reason I'm not done with it is because it is such a good show that this is the first show that I've got my brother to sit down and want to watch every episode with me instead of just like sitting down for half the episode and going, ah, I don't want to get into this. Like it's so good. It even grabbed him and he's not really a comic you know, person to, per se. Uh, so I think if, if any of you guys haven't seen it yet and there's any reason you're deciding not to watch it, go watch it. Absolutely amazing. What do you guys think? I don't have what it's on to watch it. Uh, eh, there's, um, there's ways. There's ways. I'll, uh, I'll help you out there, Kyle. All right. I loved it. I, I think it's a fantastic series. It's, it's a very brutal take on, on the superhero genre. Like, I think the special effects in this TV show are better than most movies. Well, I've always said uh, I've been a fan of the boys comic uh, ever since it came out. Um, it was on my pull list for years, and I, I'm I'm a fan. We, we've talked about it before. Garth Ennis is, is such a killer creator slash writer that I'll read anything that he writes. And one of the things that I've always said about the boys, I, I feel that this was one of two things. Either Garth Ennis, like his love story about Watchmen – or him going, I want to write a, a, a comic like Watchmen. I really think this is Garth Ennis's take, you know, his his really dirty and uh, in-your-face craziness take on on Alan Moore's Watchmen. Um, it's basically the same premise. You got some, you know, superheroes that are doing some bad shit, and you got to figure out a way to stop them. And I was. I talked. We talked about. It, I think last episode, Matt, Matt where we talked about um, Simon Pegg, uh, you know, being the dad, and how the original character was based on Simon Pegg. Yeah. The kid that they got to play uh, Huey is absolutely perfect. Um, even continuing on in the show, I think that what a great casting, and they couldn't have casted Billy Butcher or, or, or um, Carl Urban better. Like. He is, they casted him perfect. He is that, he plays the role so well. And I was blown away by it. Really just blown away. So like Matt said, the uh, special effects are amazing. The acting is really freaking good. The guy that plays Homelander, I had never seen him anything else, but he is fucking amazing in this, sh in this show. Uh, he does such a good job of playing that character. Yeah, I mean, the deep... It's funny how it's like 
it's pretty much a Justice League ripoff. But yeah. like the dude who plays the deep is good. Um, I can't. What's that guy's name? I I don't know the actor's name. I don't know how far you were into it, but into the so basically where I'm at, um, the deep just got kicked off the team. Okay. So That's has he has he gone to um, Ohio yeah. yet and hooked up with that chick? No, that's oh. where I'm at. So okay. I'm just there. But I, I will say, I haven't laughed harder at a scene in a long time than I laughed in that dolphin scene. Oh, that yeah. That was fucking yeah. funny, dude. I When that dolphin is flying by him and, the, and it goes through the window, and I forget, you know, the dolphin says something as he's flying by him. Well, like, the dolphin's, like, it propositioning is, him for sex. Like, yeah, a sexual favor. Yeah. He wanted him to, to play with his, his porthole. Yeah. And uh, the deep, who is the Aquaman character, said, yeah, I, okay, I'll do it. And then somebody shows up and he's got he's stealing this dolphin from the SeaWorld place. And he's got it in this back of this van, like suspended on this, you know, swing thing. And the dolphins keeps on talking to him saying, you know, you, you know, I want you to play with my porthole. And the deep's like, okay, I'll do it. And he hits the brakes, and this dolphin goes flying through the front windshield. Oh, my God. I lost my shit, man. I like- and, and like I said last episode, it, it was so the, – the visual effects on the scenes where people, you know, get blown up or whatever are done so good and so gnarly. Yeah, like when – at the very beginning where A-Train blows through his girlfriend, and you see, like, her bones and stuff, like, in the – the goop as it's like exploding on him and how he's just left there holding her hands. Yeah. Oh, it is fucking great. Um, but it, it, it shows you like when you're, you're sitting here reading these comics, you're like, man, like superheroes are so just and, and righteous and boy scoutish. And you're like, you can't tell me that if you had these super powers, you wouldn't be a perverted fucking creep. And you, you see that like the deep is a perverted fucking creep. Fucking, um, the van, what is, what's his name? Vanisher. It's not Vanisher. It's um, I can't think of the dude. Illu- huh? Illu- not illusion. Illusion. Uh, I'm, I want to say illusioner, but it's not. It's. But the dude who turns invisible and like he can yeah. like doing the van. Uh, he can only do it. He's naked and like he's yeah. standing in the bathroom half the time and it's just like. Yeah, he's, he's he's peeking in on the chicks while they're in the translucent. Bathroom. Thank you, Tim. Yes, his name is translucent. Yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah, it's fucking great. And then the way great they, the way they kill him is fucking genius. And like my favorite, my favorite part is when when they're talking about getting the, the surveillance van and it's a fucking like moving truck. And then they're like, you know, why don't? What do you want me to do, have a flower truck? They're just sitting in the parking lot. That's how you know you're being watched. And that whole thing comes I, into play later. It's, it's, it's just a really fucking, and then you realize that like Homelander in the first couple episodes is built to be like the righteous one, the, the non-corrupt. And then you start to realize that he's more corrupt than the rest of them. And I love the scene where he's watching, um, Elizabeth shoe, uh, breastfeed and he's using his x-ray vision and he's outside her office. Yeah. That scene is so great. But it's, just, it's a fun show. There's and here's the cool thing. I hope that they decide to continue to do more seasons because 
the boys did like 70 issues um and it just keeps getting crazier and crazier they had a couple they had a couple of uh spin-off series that were really good so i really hope that they decide to continue um with this for a long time they they do more than four seasons like they did with preacher um well i know so. they're, they're already talking about at least three because apparently the the superhero orgy is coming in season three the hero gasm. Yeah, they couldn't do it in the first season because they couldn't figure out how to do it correctly without it being yeah. fucking hardcore porn. Yeah. So the they said they figured it out, and season three is going to focus on that. Yeah. Uh, the the righteous guy, the 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 church guy, is so fucking funny. Uh, I just. Anyways, it's really good. We'll, we're going to keep giving it away, and it's too good to give all of it away. So. But go watch it. I think they did it spot on to the comic book. It's. Yeah, it's really good. They did. Like we like we were talking about earlier, the casting is second to none. They knocked it out of the park with the casting. The acting is excellent. All around a great show. It's not too jokey. Um there's some really cool like drama parts. There the, the whole relationship between Huey and Starlight, they did really well. Um you actually care for the characters instead of it just being really funny and that type of stuff. So very I think cool. it's interesting that they took they chose to to go easy on the starlight deep rape scene and they they, to. yeah and then they just went hard they went balls to the wall and fucking everything else yeah yeah they had to um so yeah very cool but yeah I definitely recommend the boys on Amazon if you haven't watched that yet yeah um next next thing that I just love that we talked about earlier this week is the whole McFarlane incident uh the video that came out you know his little um thing at San Diego where he talked about Spawn and all that stuff and how it came out where he he said he he yelled at Robert Kirkman about canceling The Walking Dead I wonder if he did uh, that while they were holding my book <laughs> that I'll probably never see again well it'll be interesting to see if you ever see it why was McFarlane holding it? That's the question. I just think they were there together. But, you know, that Walking Dead was a cash cow for Image. I mean, Spawn, there was a period where Spawn was only printing maybe 15,000 copies if they're lucky. So, uh, yeah, I can understand McFarlane getting pissed at Kirkman for canceling that book because that book just that turned Image into you know before that book it was the top two and everybody else and after that book now it's the top three and everybody else uh you had to put image up there um with marvel and dc maybe not right neck and neck with them but they're in the discussion now that's for sure i think part of it was that kirkman was ready to end it but a lot of me uh, part of me feels like um image comics has more coming down the pipeline and they're trying to to end these old series to get these new series out because, like, they just ended Paper Girls this week. <coughs> they yeah, ended, kind of they ended <coughs> Outcast. They ended um, Invincible. They ended Walking Dead. So, like, a lot of their cash cow books, um, what is it? Saga has been on put on hold. So, you know, all their cash cow books are are kind of are done. So and they're pushing a lot more out, and I I'm 
can't remember if it was an image book. Part of me thinks it's an image book. I know there was another book that I saw an article about earlier this week that I'm trying to find that the book is only in pre-order and it's already sold out at the, at diamond level. Yeah, there's a lot of books that do that. And you're, you're exact, what you're getting to is the, the fact that a lot of these companies that came after Image, you know, the IDWs and the Booms and, you know, that kind of use the Image model, um, the spec on some of these books that are coming from these smaller publishers has just gotten crazy. Um, the Gut Ghost uh, book is going crazy, and that started in Spread. Um, that just got recently talked about as being, you know, the next big book and it's already selling for ridiculous amounts on eBay and it just came out, I guess. Um, you know, uh, another one was Canto that just recently came out that book, you know, people went crazy for. So there's always a new hot book of the month or the week. Uh, Jay Johnson brought up, uh, how the darkness was a cool book way back. And that's kind of another thing that image did. They let they had the core image label and then they let each individual artist have their own little side label. And, you know, that's what they did with Kirkman too, with Skybound. And, uh, for Mark Silvestri, it was Top Cow. Um, and for Jim Lee, uh, forget what was Jim Lee's, um, side one that he did with Wildcats in that DC, uh, Wildstorm. And so uh, the darkness was a, a original book. Um, that played off on the Witchblade stuff with Mark Silvestri. And there's a lot of talk in the spec world about the darkness and Witchblade. So that might be a book that you guys want to want to take a look at. Um, so big shout out to Jay for bringing that up. Uh, Chuck brought up Dead End Kids. That's another one. Um, what was what was the one uh, not too long ago about the kids, four kids walk into a bank? I think it was. It was that, that what it was called? Um, we yeah. cannot... Remember, we cannot go home. That was an excellent book. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of really good books out there that, um, you know, took t- have taken a cue from Image and how they do things. So, one of the things that uh, McFarland did say that talked about, he said Spawn's going to basically go on forever. You know, 600 plus issues or something. I think he said that's fucking crazy. Could you imagine Spawn being at 600? You know, 600 issues. Well, yeah. I mean, look at look at Spider Man and look at all these other Marvel characters. Like, they're they're in the eight hundreds. You know, it's yeah, but they're Marvel and they're DC. I mean, to have a non Marvel or non DC book reach that many issues, ooh, that's a that's a big deal. Um, Just having Walking Dead get as far as it did was amazing. You know, and that was only two hundred issues. So. Right, and well, it wasn't even 200 issues; only 196 issues. So, I mean, that's yeah. no that's no small feat. But oh, 193. Yeah, was was it? Yeah, you're right. It's 193. Sorry, my bad, Kyle. Um, did but, you know that reminds me? Did you? We we talked about your your grading. Did you get um, anything from CGC saying they got your book or that they put it in the grading queue or anything or? <laughs> Dude, this this has been a nightmare, and it like frustrates me even more to fucking talk about it. Well, um, we know we know about the horror story that you talked about last week. Have you heard anything new? Well, so I called them up to tell you about getting the fast pass added, because I was talking to customer service through email, and they're like, "Oh, you have to 
you have to wait till we get your book. You have to wait till you get your book. All right. So I, they finally messaged that they got my book. So I tried to call in and put the fast pass, and they're like, oh, no, we can't do that. What do you mean you can't do that? Yeah, we can't, we can't add that. That's, it's too late. So. Oh, uh, uh, that's bullshit because she told you that's what you need to do. Right. And I was like, that's what I was told that I need to do. And I'm like, oh, well, they're like, that's, that should have been done at the, the, um, the booth. And we can't do that now. And I, I ended up lost, losing my shit and calling their entire system, like, system and can, incompetent and, I was like, I talked to Kyle, and then after that, I called back, and I called him back, and I was like, I, I just want my book. I was like, I don't even want to fucking grade it, and I, I just send me my book back, and they're like, oh, it's too far in the process. I was like, I don't want to grade my book. I don't want to give you my money, and they're like, oh, well, too bad. You, you already, you know, it's already, it's already here, and we started the process, so we can't just send you the book because it was a signature series book, and we, you know we witnessed a signature and, and it's part of our service, blah, blah, blah. And so I told Kyle, I'm just going to fucking put a stop payment on my credit card and not pay the motherfuckers. Good. I don't care. And, and you know what? We should also clip out your original story and put that shit up on YouTube, man. Let's clip that shit out and let's let them see that. And, you know, more people need to start complaining. I know that we complain a lot about CBCS just because they're such a shit show, but we have to hold, you know, CGC to that same fire. Um, yeah, they're not as bad as CBCS, but they do some stupid shit too. And the only way stuff like that get cha gets changed is when people complain about it and the right people hear those complaints. So well, really at the end of the day, like they don't, they don't care. It, it's what it essentially comes down to. You can whine and bitch and piss and moan all you want. They, they don't care. They got your money. They don't need to care, you know? Yeah, well, you know, when CBCS first, Kyle, you'll, you'll, you'll remember this very well, and I'm sure you will too, Matt. When CBCS first uh, came, you know, into the fray, everybody bailed on CGC. And CBCS was talked about like they were the greatest thing in the world. And they uh, grade books at a higher standard and all that stuff. And all of us, you know, all of a sudden they turned into a complete shit show. And now, you know, CGC has just dominated that market again. So everybody has problems. Just got to call them out on it. Yeah, but uh, and they, they, they're not going to, they don't care. Yeah, you never know. You never know until you put it out. That, that's just kind of the, the feeling I got from talking to customer service and dealing with their their chat customer services it was pretty much very much like fuck you have a nice day yeah yeah i can i can understand that um a really cool topic that i thought was amazing and that i couldn't believe it when i heard it and that's the eternals are gonna there's word that the chick that's gonna be directing uh eternals wants to use at least film film uh, on actual uh, film camera instead of digital for half the movie at least half the movie um and it will be the very first marvel movie that has ever used film and not filmed it completely in digital and that blew me away um i understand it now i can't believe that you know i didn't know that before um and i'm such a big fan when directors do film in in, in non-digital you know tarantino is a great example of that and we'll get into um 
his new movie and how you know great it was. But once I really want to see a Marvel movie and that done that way too, if they can do it. I know it's very hard because of all the special effects and stuff, but maybe they're choosing to do half of it because they don't have to do crazy special effects and you know they can use old school special effects for certain parts of the movie. We'll see. Um, but I thought that was really cool. What'd you What'd you think? I feel like it's uh, it's just a style choice. Real quick, uh, Jay wants to know why you're being so quiet, Kyle. I don't know. Anyway, uh, um, he wants to make sure you're okay. He's concerned about you, bud. <laughs> Kyle's just fine. He's uh, he's back from Area 51. Maybe maybe he's you know just tired from the drive but lance just said i want to see more marvel movies that focus on the artistry of making movies rather than the cj and i think that's exactly what what this is this is a move that it's an artistic choice it's an artistic move a lot of um there's a lot of filmmakers in hollywood that don't like to shoot digital they want to shoot film and um there's there's a lot of i know jonah hill is one of them like he he wanted to shoot mid nineties on film, and he had to go through lots of hoops to get them to let, give him the money to to shoot it on film. So it's I know that there's still it's it's an artistic freedom, and uh, Ben Affleck likes to shoot on film. So there's still a lot of directors out there that choose to shoot on film versus digital, and it's just, I, I think it's it's just an artistic freedom. And I'm all for it. I, I, I think that's a great a great thing. I love hearing about it. Um, At the end of the day, can you really tell a difference, though, when you're oh, yeah. sitting there watching digital versus film? I think fans of film and geeks of film, you know, that kind of like us, I definitely think you can tell a difference. Uh, the normal person, probably not. I don't think it's that big of a deal for them to want to, you know, even be able to tell a difference. Because but I it, think like us can. I mean, it, it costs, like, there's that's a lot of things you'll hear in the, the indie filmmaker, and I'm surprised, like, you guys you guys haven't heard more of it on podcasts, talking to people who act and direct as we do. shooting that's film versus digital. And, that's actually, the reason why, you know, I'm really geeking out on that um, is because that is one of the things that, you know, gets brought up on the podcast a lot, is shooting in digital and shooting in film and stuff like that. So, you know, being a film geek, it's one of the things that you talk about. And it, for the most part, from where, what I've seen and heard, most people geek out about shooting on film. So, um, well, yeah, well, that's what you hear a lot too from talking to people is that, um, you like Hollywood, they're not going to let you shoot film, you're going to shoot digital. Unless you're a big name director and they they really trust you that you're gonna this movie's gonna sell a, a shit ton and make that money back, they're not gonna let you shoot in digital or in film because film's gonna be way more expensive than digital. Yeah, because film you have to cut it and all that. It's not in and can it and 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 keep it stored correctly. It's not like you can just pop in and out a memory card and be like, all right, here you go and move on to the next shot. You know. Yeah, and it's tough because it's hard to find certain cameras. A lot of guys like to use older cameras and stuff like that. Um, I, there was a film that I remember that I really geeked out on, and that was Hateful Eight. Um, and if I remember correctly, uh, that what did what did he choose to, to he filmed that on something special? Um, let me 
Let me look what that look up that real 35 quick. 35 millimeter. Yeah, there you go. Um, so you really could didn't truly notice it unless you went to a you know a special uh, um, uh, theater that where you could really enjoy that. But the geeks that you know knew about it definitely went and enjoyed that. Um, if I remember correctly, he toured. They did a special tour with Hateful Eight, um, where he would show them at famous uh, you know theaters around the country, old school theaters. Mm -hmm. I thought that was so cool. I really geeked out on that. It would have been cool to be something to go see, uh, you know, on the tour. So, but, you know, it's a perfect Segu. Uh, what, <laughs> yeah. Uh, what did you uh, think about uh, the new movie? What, what, oh, um, I want to spend time in Hollywood? Yep. It was, I mean, I'm, I'm going to probably get roasted after I've read Lance's review and he's in the the chant but um i think i think it's pretty much kind of whatever i thought it was really whatever so i haven't seen it yet um but talking to keith and a couple other guys they had the same sentiment sentiments and that is if you're a tarantino fan you fucking loved it if you're not a tarantino fan you hated it no i well, think i think it's long Here's the funny thing, because like, Kellen and I went to go see it together, and Kellen's in film, and he's a huge film head, and he's in film school, and yada, 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 and he's like, it doesn't feel like a Tarantino movie until the very end of the movie, and then it goes full-on fucking Tarantino. Yeah. And there was parts where I'm like, it's it's boring. It, it was kind of boring to me. It was kind of like whatever, because it, it's all dialogue. Like, I loved the last, like, half hour, but it's a, a damn near three-hour movie, and like halfway through at the beginning of the third act, there's like still so much more that they need to tell you about Leo's character to push the story along. And they're like, shit, if we don't do this, this is going to be like a six hour movie. So they just have like Kurt Russell do a voiceover of a bunch of shit for like 15 minutes. And then they, and then they move on to, to something else. Like, and then they move on to, into the third act. So it's, yeah. I heard about that Kurt Russell moment. A lot of people brought that up, how, you know, it was so slow that they had to bring in, you know, the Kurt Russell voiceover just to kind of move it along. And I don't know. I think, It'd be interesting. I think Brad Pitt is phenomenal in the movie. He he outshines Leonardo DiCaprio. See, in, I in every way. I heard, I heard, um, not the exact opposite. I heard that multiple from multiple people about Brad Pitt, but I also heard from multiple people that, Leonardo DiCaprio blew them away because of the little things that DiCaprio does. For instance, that little stutter that he did um, and how natural it felt and that Brad Pitt's character was, you know, kind of the cool guy and DiCaprio had the more uh, fun acting role um, and how good it, he was in the role. So I'm really looking forward to seeing it. I just haven't had the time yet. Tim Tim brought up a good point and said, "Hey, look, who, look who's in the chat, Kyle. Greg's in the chat, Kyle. Um, what up, Greg? Tim uh, Tim brought up a good point that Tarantino movies generally have to be watched more than once. To understand? I he's right. I've I've probably seen Hateful Eight maybe six times. Yeah, even though that's a long ass movie to the point where it had a it actually had an intermission in it, but um." I mean, 
I liked Once Upon a Time in Hollywood for what it was. It it, it was like I did find myself being like it, it's kind of boring at times, and like I'm sitting there, and towards the beginning of the third act, I literally was like, when the Kurt Russell voiceover starts, I'm like, how much fucking longer is this goddamn movie? And my exact answer was like 35 more minutes. But <laughs> and I thought like the the dynamic with the the Sharon Tate stuff was was very unique and i thought it, it was interesting his his change on history on when it comes to the sharon tate murders and uh the um charles manson family stuff was was interesting and and definitely definitely different it's funny because I've heard uh, another thing I've heard from people and this is you can tell the the difference in age you know for the people that watched it a lot of the a lot of people were like, oh, I didn't understand that whole history thing. And it was like, what do you mean you didn't understand? Like I, the whole Mance, Charles Manson stuff and the Beach Boys, like that was I think anybody like our age, most of people um, our age knows about that stuff and all the Beach Boys stuff and the La Bianca murder, murders and Sharon Tate and all that craziness. And there's a lot of young people that just don't know anything about that so they had a hard time grasping it because they didn't go in and explain it a little bit more um but i think that's just might be a generational gap type thing i can't i can't make it through el royale jay like every time i i start watching it i fall asleep i can't really make it through that movie i'm trying to remember what is that i don't remember what, what movie that is i'm spacing on that what movie is that who what, what's that one Bad times at the El Royale. Yeah, it's uh, it's got Jeff Bridges in it. Um, it's got Chris Hemsworth oh, in it. Yeah, I know what that is. Where they're like, Chris Hemsworth plays like the the bad guy, and they have to go hang out at the hotel. And uh, what's his name is this priest or whatever? Okay, I remember that. I guess it's all spoilers to me, but yeah, um. But I liked, I mean, I liked, um, I liked Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. And like I said, it's, they completely changed the Sharon Tate murders. I don't want to ruin it for people who haven't seen the film yet. Cause it literally is the end of the movie and it's the big twist in the movie. So I don't want to ruin that for people, but it's, it's interesting. And it was kind of, it almost felt like that big final fuck you to Charles Manson. I know he's been dead for a couple of years now, but it kind of feels like Tarantino hit him with that, that fuck you. Like, this is how irrelevant you really are because it, it just goes to show like the focus on like history gives him too much credit for what his followers did. Like yes. his followers were the ones that, that carried everything out. And he was just kind of like the man behind the scenes. Like they did what he was too much, what he was too scared to do. See, I disagree with that. And let me tell you why. Um, Charles Manson gets so much credit because he talked those people into it. Yeah. Charlton was absolutely genius when it came to being that, you know, cult-like person. Um, and the way he talked to people and he got them to do literally anything um, within, you know, hours of meeting him made Charles Manson the boogeyman. Um, I don't think it was necessarily, you know, the murders themselves. I think it was the fact that, like Matt said, he didn't do any of the killing and he had all his little followers do it because he planted those seeds in their head and watered it constantly. Um, 
that's why I think Charles Manson was the boogeyman. And like that's and, like Lance just said in the chat. It's it's cool. Like they don't focus on Charles Manson at all. He's in the movie for two fucking minutes. That's yeah. it. He's referenced later on, but he's in the movie for two minutes. And like that's that's really it, it, it's, it, that's one of the things I like about the movie is how it, it intertwines this this fake like history that Tarantino's creating with with these characters and the movies that they're making and all that. And it, it then weaves back into actual events and then weaves back out to like, like what if kind of shit, because you see them go to spawn ranch and you see like Brad Pitt's character has a run in with Tex, one of the, the people that are responsible for killing Sharon Tate. And like, you see those events in that, like they're basically, you know, manipulating in, t in, you know, taking advantage of the owner of spawn ranch to stay there and, like there's a lot of the events are culturally are are well historically accurate up until the the twists at the end. So, so fun fact, real quick. Uh, I believe Keith played Tex Watson in a NBC uh, documentary on Charles Manson. Oh, really? I believe so. Yeah. Interesting. <clears throat> so, um, so yeah, definitely go see that movie. But like they had big like they had big name people in this movie playing these roles like. <laughs> You had um, they had Dakota Fanning playing the the member of the Manson family that tried to assassinate Gerald Ford. Squeaky Frog. Yep, and they had uh, Harley Quinn Smith was one of Charles the one of the Manson one of the Manson family, and it's just it's just crazy. Like you know the Kurt Russell and and I can tell you the one of the the one of the funniest parts is the the part that's in the trailer between Bruce Lee and Brad Pitt's stuntman character. It's it's one of the it had me rolling in the theater. Yeah, and the guy that plays Bruce Lee is perfect. Yeah, and I guess his kind of a, a segue or a segu into that is like I guess his daughter got pissed about that that scene because she got really uppity that people are laughing at her dad for his one like all that because like they played it up and made it really like over the top in the movie. Well, that's kind of one of the things he's known for, so she shouldn't get too mad about it. Yeah. I mean, um, Leonardo's acting in this great being, especially since he's an actor playing an actor. But, you know, it's... I, I think Brad Pitt steals the show in that movie. Like, Brad Pitt's probably my favorite takeaway from that movie. I don't think Brad Pitt can play a bad role if the guy's, like, the cool guy. He's just he's just too cool in real life, like, not to kill that role. Um I'm, I was listening, I've listened to, there's a podcast I listened to, and uh, the guy is, is the former guy that used to be on E! that did, uh, what's his name? Um, he used to do the E! True Hollywood stories, mm -hmm. and like on the old actors. And he was talking to how he used to hang out with Brad Pitt a lot, and uh, Vince Vaughn and all those guys. And he said Brad Pitt is exactly like he is in movies. He's just that cool dude that, I mean, gets along with anybody, no matter if you hate him, you go hang out with him and you think he's one of the coolest dudes in the world. And he's just, he's exactly like he plays the guys in the movies. So I think that I thought that was pretty cool. And that this role was that perfect, cool, cool, calm, you know, really cool dude. So. <laughs> Lance, I thought it was DiCaprio's best since Revenant. Yeah, you can't. You, you know, it's 
it's not revenant all he really did was get attacked by and raped by a bear for like you know 30 minutes for revenant revenant my my favorite actor in revenant was uh tom hardy my favorite was the bear yeah yeah tom hardy was good in that movie too i I feel like tom hardy was much better than leo in that movie too yeah, like he definitely he definitely did not get that credit in that movie. Mikey. Um yeah, he he made you hate him. Yeah. I thought I thought that um, you know, uh Once Upon a Time in Hollywood was Leonardo DiCaprio's best work since his his work in Growing Pains. Yeah. <laughs> or Titanic. Yeah. Uh, well, one thing, fun fact about Leonardo DiCaprio, he has one of the most extensive, high-grade, action, unopened action figure collection uh, in the world. He owns every He-Man toy ever created, and he owns them in high AFA graded. I like your fun facts. I want to know where you get these fun facts. Do you do you just make them up, or do you actually like oh, research this stuff? No, that one is 100% true. Uh he actually sold part of it um and it was a huge deal and it was like you know this big huge article afa did on it and his auction so fun very cool (laughs) toilet reads that's right lance fun fact leonardo dicaprio has the biggest collection of kurt cameron memorabilia (laughs) oh man (coughs) excuse me so uh, another sagu on the movie topic is the new Indiana Jones sagu. film. <laughs> uh, what's the word on the new Indiana Jones film? I, I, I don't know, Kyle. What's the word on the new Indiana Jones film? I've heard that they're shooting it in 2020, and the last I heard was that um, the character dies when when Harrison Ford dies, that they're not going to recast him or. Oh yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. I'm really surprised that they're shooting this. I think Harrison Ford is just too old. Uh, I, I I hate to say it. He wasn't that bad, but he just seemed a little too old to even play Han Solo. So, um, I just, I don't want to see 90 year old Harrison Ford hobble around in Indiana Jones. Dear God, I hope Harrison, I hope Shia LaBeouf isn't coming back. That new Shia LaBeouf movie looks badass. I really you hope Shia LaBeouf isn't coming back. You see the preview for that? I have not. It, it, it looks really fucking good, man. It looks really good. Uh, it, I'm actually looking forward to it, and I hate to say that. The last Shia LaBeouf movie that I remember liking was uh, a movie he did with uh, Channing Tatum and um, Robert Downey Jr. Guy directed Your Saints. Yeah, kind of the to segue though. Like, as long as we're on the topic of movies, what what do you think about the the rumor that's going on or the the speculation that Disney is going to start doing a series of R-rated films, and that's why Blade was announced as that it's not part of phase four or phase five because they're going to transition into a series of r-rated stuff so that's why blade was announced and then ryan reynolds came out with the deadpool teaser the the phase five of the leak stuff so there's a lot of speculation that they're going to to branch off and to start doing r-rated superhero movies it's kind of like a a black label genre yeah i could see that i could really see that um 
I hope that happens. I think that Disney has been uh, hamstrung by not being able to do serious or R-rated movies. Um, there's a lot of movies that could have been better if they were able to, you know, make those type of movies. Uh, I definitely am excited for more superhero movies like that. I think we need to see more dark R-rated superhero movies, horror R-rated superhero movies. You know what I mean? That's why everybody's stoked about uh, Doctor Strange. That's why everybody was stoked about New Mutants when it first was announced that and it was going to be a horror movie and what a shit show that turned into. So I really hope we do see that. And now that Disney basically owns everything, we need to see Star Wars. R-rated Star Wars movies need to happen. They need to happen. That's I hope to God that the new uh, Weiss and Bainhoff, is that his name? Bainhoff and Weiss uh, show, the um, Knights of the Old Republic, I think they're doing. That needs to be R-rated. And they could totally pull it off. That's going to be on Disney. Isn't that on the Disney Plus streaming, though? Yeah. Uh, no, I think they're doing movies. Hmm. Uh, originally, I think they were talking about it being a... Um, show a tv show and then it got announced that they're going to be a trilogy i yeah that's another thing the mandalorian show uh i don't know about i don't know much about mandalorians i i know they just i know they're already working on season two but i don't know much about what's going on in season one or how john favreau is handling all that (sighs) yeah yeah, <laughs> Lance says Netflix is gonna ban Brian for smoking. Oh man, this showed up in our absolute geek box. So yeah, where the hell did <laughs> Kyle go? Uh, he looks like he had something he had to take care of. He sagooed his way out of here. He sagooed his he way sagooed. out of here. Yeah, um, but um, yeah, it's. I think it's interesting too that Disney Plus is gonna get be. It's gonna be an add-on to Hulu. Is are are they gonna is is that for sure or are they yeah gonna... they announced it on Monday that it's gonna be an add on for Hulu like you can you can add so if you have Hulu you can add Disney Plus to that service. I I just wish that the, they would just put them all together. I mean, there's also let's just put them all together and change the name. You know what I mean? Yeah, I don't know. And I'm intrigued by the fact that we're going to get a uh, a Runaways and Cloak and Dagger crossover too. I'm very cool with that. I think Runaways is an amazing show. Um, I didn't watch all of Cloak and Dagger. I didn't really get into it. So, but I'm all what, for it. One thing I'm pissed about is I have so I have Directv, and last night was the series finale of iZombie. So I've been following iZombie since it came out, and I went today to go watch the season, the series finale, and it's not there because they removed the channel because they're in a contract dispute. So because what? Directv and and the company that owns CW are in a contract dispute, I couldn't. I missed out on watching the series finale of iZombie, and I have to wait for it to come to Netflix or something now. I think. You know that's absolutely bullshit, but I think that's a normal thing, isn't it? Don't don't like sports networks sometimes do the same thing? Yeah, they they do, but like this is the first time like it's ever really been like man fuck this shit. 
because it's it happened when they're doing the series finale of a show that I've been invested in. So Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's kind of bullshit. That's why you don't have cable like me. Yeah. Screw yeah. it. And get everything on the net. Yeah, I would drive myself crazy if I didn't have cable. Yeah, I'm, you I'm one of those people that could never that could never go full full on streaming because by the time like I'll sit there and I'll scroll through Netflix and there's like nothing to watch. I'll find nothing that I can watch. I end up watching like the same show over again that I've already watched. And is um is full on streaming like full going full force? Did you see that, bro? No. What? <laughs> you didn't see that? Dude? No. <laughs> there's this <laughs> there's this YouTube. I think Jose put it in one of our chats. There's this YouTube documentary that came out on this YouTube guy. Um, it's called Full Force. It is fucking one of the craziest things oh, I've yeah, ever yeah, seen. Yeah, 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 yeah. The iDubs did it, right? With um, yeah, iDubs, yeah. With uh, God, I can't think of the kid's YouTube name. Something like fat. fatty, yeah, something fatty. Airsoft fatty. Yeah. Airsoft fatty. fatty, yeah. It was. I just watched it for a couple minutes, and the next thing I know, I'm watch. I've watched the whole thing, man. It was yeah. so fascinating. Uh, it was it was absolutely fascinating. And the thing that blew me away is that it had like four million views in like five hours or something like yeah. that. Yeah, it didn't. Well, because Idub is one of the biggest YouTubers in the world, but just like <sighs> what like when at the end when they start interviewing his his crazy friend and they have the lightsaber battle. Yeah. <laughs> and he's like i don't know why i'm watching this like we built all the way up to this and this is just stupid he's like this is the most boring thing i've ever seen yeah. the fighting in the woods and like, they're serious yeah that one dude is fucking crazy dude i like it was kind of scary when when the mom's like i really think one day that we're gonna see a news story with this where he went out and killed a murdered a, a whole town. Dude, there like, all those people in that fucking documentary have to be on the spectrum because like even the kid's mom is like, "Oh, our cat gets gets vanilla ice cream for dinner every day and he gets yeah. a cone and she's sitting there as the cat is like eating the cone and it's like what what are wrong with these people? Did you see that Kyle? Did you see Full Force? No. Oh, bro, you got to watch it, man. Uh, Jose put it in one of the chats. It's a the YouTube documentary. It's one of the most fascinating things you'll ever see, dude. It is. It's like uh, watching the ultimate train wreck. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the kid's got one shoe off and one shoe on, and he opens that hole in the ground, and he's like, what What are you going in the fruit cellar for? Hell no, there's snakes in there. You know, yeah. like... It's, He's like, why do you have one shoe off and one shoe on? He's like, paperweight. It's the only thing I could think of. And he's got a shoe on top of the stack of paper. Yeah. Fucking weird, man. Anyways, it's really fucking funny. Check <laughs> it like, out. Oh, this could be all the papers fall out of his garage. Oh, this could be something really cool. And then he's like digging through it. He's like, oh, never mind. It's just a needle point, a needle point yeah. pattern. Yeah. They found the ultimate treasure. Like you think he found some crazy code. His mom has been working on for years yeah, it's... good god and and the thing is, is that you guys have probably seen you know airsoft fatties videos all over youtube oh yeah it does lightsaber duels and like the one where they're fighting and he trips over the trash can and that one where he's gotten knocked out because the dude stuck him in the neck yeah that was kind of weird 
that was uh, the ultimate YouTube hole that we just uh, let you guys. What? All right, down. I gotta, I gotta ask Kyle since you've been invested in the chat. What is with the dog shit? <laughs> I think it's just everyone being funny. Like I've completely like lost on what everyone's talking about with the dog. <laughs> <laughs> like what did they see Brian's dog like running around or something or <laughs> I don't know it's just Tim being crazy ah <laughs> oh, boy the, yeah like the wolf and then Lance trying to like, who let the dogs out bullshit <laughs> craziness man <laughs> <laughs> I have no idea. <laughs> oh my god. It's so fucking funny. There's the Did you ask did you reach out to him and ask him about what we were talking about the other day, Kyle? Who? Tim? I don't know what you're talking about. About 3D printing the absolute geek dildo. No. That laughs with the with that vibrates with your laugh. No. <laughs> <laughs> I hadn't got around to it. It hadn't come up in conversation yet. Uh, <laughs> well, whoops, uh, it just did. Can you show up a, a close up of your dog? It's out there now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, Ryan, they're fascinated with your dog, apparently. Uh, like I didn't know if like my dog maybe jumped on my bed in the background or something and that's what they're talking about or Brian's dog or something I don't know like I didn't know if like we missed like Brian's dog dragging her ass across the floor or something I don't I'm just seeing all this dog stuff in the chat and I'm just like I, I have no idea what's going on right now I'm trying to think of a good sagu but uh there's not much I can play. I can play with there. Let's talk about that real quick. I loved that someone called you out on it and was like, "Please tell Brian that it's Segway," and then yeah. and then you fired back with, "I bet you're one of the people that thought we actually had a sponsor for the Absolute Geek Box." <laughs> Got him. <laughs> Got him. <laughs> I was like, Jesus. I, it's just funny. Like anybody that thinks somebody is is being serious when they say Segu. And they're like serious about it. Is I don't know. It just cracks me up. Sagu. So, yeah, I I don't know. It's a sagu. I remember. I do remember though. I gotta admit, uh, when I was in high school, there was this badass band called Failure. And they put out this this kick ass fucking album called Fantastic Planet. And every like three songs, they would have a a sagu or a segue, and it was titled. Uh, like segue number one and i remember uh telling my brother oh you gotta check out this this song and he's like what is the name of it i'm like sagu number one so there's a little meaning behind it inside uh, well to sagu on over to uh kyle's been saying for a while that he really wants he would like a second dog movie so is what is your thought about them announcing that Matt Damon's playing Loki in Jane Silent Bob's uh, reboot? I think it's fucking awesome. I think it's kick ass. Yeah, I think it would be cool. Old ass Matt Damon. Yep. 
Yeah, he's he is. Very good I is Ben Affleck. Who's Ben Affleck playing? He's playing. Um, God. What's his name from Chase and Amy? Yeah, he's playing the Holden McNeil. Yeah, um, I didn't know if he was playing the dude from Mallrats or the dude from Chasing Amy. He's playing Holden McNeil. So I wonder if he played all of his different parts. Fucking different A, man. He's. If he was the dude from Fashionable Mail, if he still worked at Fashionable Mail. Yeah. And he was still yeah. trying to, to bone women in uncomfortable positions. <laughs> yeah. We, uh, when that, when that movie was out on, in, on video, we fucking rented that movie so much. We fucking wore the fucking tape out. We probably had that movie rented through two to three weeks out of every month for like a year straight. It'd just be on in the background. And I think that we rented it originally just because we heard that Joey Lauren Adams tits. You can see Joey Lauren Adams tits. Yeah. We were big fans of Dazed and Confused. So we were like, fuck yeah. And we stumbled into Kevin Smith. That's right, Tim. <laughs> I can tell you that every day that the customer is always an asshole. <laughs> yep. The customer is but always an asshole. Especially when their I, name's Peter Parker and they're calling from Bangladesh. <laughs> I think that's about it for the night, guys. Uh, you got anything uh, else you can think of? Um, what do you got, Kyle? I'm good. You're good. My uh, my throat kind of hurts from talking so much. I know. You've been real. You've been a real chatty, Kathy. Uh, remember to, um, you know, share our stuff and, and, uh, hashtag it, uh, AGP box to be entered in, uh, that drawing to get, uh, the loot crate box. So, yeah. Um, and also yeah. Guys, remember the, um, you've got the, oh, I know we've got quite a few giveaways here going on. We've got the road to 200, um, to get that slab book. That's, uh, that you hashtag APG 200, if I'm correct, or AGP 200 to enter that one. Um, we've got the absolute geek box that we're going to give away next week, supposedly. And we might extend it though, just because it doesn't seem to be, um, catching fire like I would hoped. Um, but we'll probably give that away next week. Um, and then we also have the Spider Man Venom print with frame for uh the episode getting to 50 likes so guys like i said last week i feel like this ep this this podcast is one of the best geek and nerd podcasts on the internet uh every week you you know we're here for you guys to dish out free funny and you know kyle has fun in the chat and everyone has a great fucking time here every friday night and uh yeah, like I said, we, we definitely want to keep doing this and we want to grow and you guys, the best way to help us is, uh, you know, sharing our stuff. So we do appreciate every time you share our episodes and our reposts and our tweets and, and everything like that. It's it's fantastic. So uh, if this is your first time finding this show on YouTube, make sure to hit that like and subscribe button. If you're listening to this on the replay or on the download, make sure to um, listen or you can like and subscribe on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitch, Podbean, iHeartRadio, um, Google Podcast, pretty much anywhere podcasts are available. 
we're there. Uh, make sure to leave us a review. That goes a long way, a long way to help us in the standings. But um, yeah, so for this week's episode of the Absolute Geek Podcast, I'm Matt. I'm Kyle. I'm Brian. The rapper. <laughs> the rapper. <laughs> That's what we forgot to talk about. The rapper. Yes. God damn it. We gotta talk about that. We gotta talk about that. The rapper. All right, we're gonna talk about this real quick. For those of you that don't know, <laughs> the fucking rapper is, is the ultimate score for a G.I. Joe fan like myself. This is the fucking <laughs> dying G.I. Joe Steel Brigade original send-away figure form that I sent away for when I was like seven years old. And you got to choose your code name. And this is what seven-year-old Brian chose for our code name for my G.I. Joe figure. The Rapper. <laughs> you, were very, guess, you were obsessed with lasers as a kid, weren't you? Yeah. yeah. Uh, so this is, this is what I get to choose all this stuff. So this is what I chose. Code name, The Rapper and the Air Force. His private, primary military specialty, martial arts. His second military specialty, laser weapons. <laughs> so you're in charge of putting it in the DVD player, in the yeah. player, right? Weapons specialty, XM-76 grenade launcher, and XMLR-3A laser. <laughs> Martial arts expert, kung fu, karate, wait for it. Rolling stars. <laughs> that seven-year-old Brian, man. Throwing stars. Uh, so real quick, I'll end it with this. Personality. The rapper's honesty and loyalty are just two of the qualities that make his MV- him an MVP in any platoon. He is not only there to share in the triumphs, but to help his fellow comrades through intense combat situations. Mean ass fucking rap. (laughs) (laughs) Sick rhyme. Yep. (laughs) All right. Absolutely. Does he have one of his, uh, does he have a mixtape attached to his throwing stars? So when he chucks it, it drops his fired mixtape. Oh, man. This is what happens when your mom tells you. I found something that I forgot to give you when you were a kid. You get, you just got that. Yeah, not too long ago, dude. My mom sent me a tub and was like, "Yeah, there's some stuff in there I forgot to give you when I was a kid." And this is the original box it came in. It has the original, my original address on it in my house that I grew up in, and the figures unopened came with like a little patch. It's he's cut in two because the rubber band is so old it broke. Isn't that but, interesting that the rubber band? like deteriorated like that even though it's still in the packaging yeah man so it's fucking i don't know it's just cool it's part of your childhood so it's the rapper custom made so, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna get the shit framed i'm gonna get the shit framed you need to fucking a so you can, absolutely get- you can get replacement bands for the the wastes can't you yeah, I got them. I just don't want to open up the poly bag that it's uh, in. I was going to say, you should put them back together. and The rubber band was the poly bag. Yeah. <laughs> you need to open it up and put them back together and uh, display both of them together framed. So as the obvious thing to say, and Tim, you fucking nailed it, 
Now you know and nothing's <laughs> off the battle, my friends. G.I. Joe, absolute geek style. <laughs> the rapper is out. <laughs> the rapper has spoken. <laughs> oh, man. All right, guys. Well, I want to thank you for this week's episode of the Absolute Geek Podcast. Again, I am Matt. I'm Kyle. I'm Brian. And we will catch you guys next time.